Welcome back to episode five of the Unknown TO podcast. It's your boy Matthew. I'm here with Corey and Mandela. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about uh, for this episode, but I just wanted to start off and say thank you for the unwavering support on social media. Uh, we have a ton of followers since we uh, started our pages. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we're going to hope to bring out some fresh content soon. Uh, but on that note, how has your guys' week been? Um, I'll go first here. Corey, I'll, I'll start first. with you. Um, yeah. The week has kind of been uh, busy. Um, <laughs> this episode, of course, as many <laughs> listeners are going to realize, is coming out late because um, we scuffed the first one. Uh, <laughs> we recorded it all, did the whole recording, and then found out later <laughs> that all the audio was you know, scuffed. There was parts where you couldn't hear any of yeah. us talking and yeah fun um and then we tried to record on thursday um that didn't go too well because we all had uh, conflicting schedules and and couldn't get together to record um and now we're finally doing this now <laughs> and hopefully this doesn't get ruined yeah. and hopefully you all can hear this no i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure this one will be good this one will um, be uh fresh just like and then coming the from a sports fan perspective it's been a little bit of a roller coaster especially as a leaf fan Started off on a low, and now we're ending on a high, and we're going, you know, Saturday, Leafs play Montreal, and um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be good. Mandela, Manny? Yeah, it's been uh, quite the interesting week. I mean, busy week in sports, but um, as Corey mentioned, we had the whole kerfuffle with our recording, which was kind of annoying, but kerfuffle. <laughs> but we're here now, and as the saying goes, Take better late than never. So thank you again for joining us, exactly. and we're going to bring you some good content this week. Once again. All right. Perfect. So uh, on the big Leafs topic, because we, uh, you know, big busy week for the Leafs. There are a lot of media uh, talking about them, that's for sure. So if you don't know, now you'll know. Uh, they they blew a 5-1 lead the other night. They made it back yesterday, but they blew a 5-1 lead. We're not going to just overstep that because that was embarrassing. Um, so what do you guys think? How, how how Based on the collapse game and the bounce back game, what was that in the locker room and what was showed on tape to correct their mistakes? Because that was a, that was a statement game, uh, if, if not mistaken. That, that showed like, okay, we're not going to lose to these guys back to back. Uh, you know, last place team in the league, get out of here. So what what does that show? Uh, Corey, we'll start with you. Um, I just, I don't, like, I'm looking at this, these few, three games, these three games over the past four days. Like, I, I don't know about, about you two, but last night, that Thursday night game, that third game, when the Leafs just kept scoring and it got to a point where it was 5-1, and then all of a sudden, 5-2 Ottawa scores, and you're going, uh-oh. And it also happened to be where Hutchinson's yeah. in net, and Freddie's not even dressed. Freddie's in the box. And you're sitting there, like, for myself, I'm sitting there going, they're going to do it again. Like, this th- th- this is it. Mm-hmm. We're done. I'm going to turn off my television. 
go go upstairs and go to bed. Um, and then the Leafs scored again and, and everything calmed down after that. But like that's just been that right there, that anxiety sums up one being a Leaf fan and two the week we've had. Right, as a Lee as Lee fans. Because yeah, no, watching the team on what was it, Monday? Blow yeah. the five one lead. Mm-hmm. Then doing good, like winning the game on the Wednesday, just not in the way that most wanted, where it was like, Okay, well you can score five goals on them, so why can't you just crush them? Right? Um and they, yeah, they no. grinded it out. And to be honest, that was a good win. It was a good game. They won the game. Uh, they didn't play their best, but they won the game. You no, know, you know, and and that's what they need. They need to be able to grind out games like that. And then we we got the release on Thursday, the day after, with just gold bonanza. Matthews almost getting the hat trick. Like that's I don't know what they did. I guess maybe they just sat down and they were sponsored by Full Send. That's it. They just sent it, especially the last night. Like they, they definitely screwed up, and they got comfortable on the Monday, the first game. And I think the second game, Ottawa had the momentum still because they just did that comeback, and they're like, okay, we can put pressure on this team. Um, and the Leafs are still yeah. trying to figure things out because they were still demoralized, and you know. But that was the day too when the Willie article came out, and there was a whole bunch of tension going on. Um, they found a way to win, yeah, and I think that gave them the boost then to come back the next night um, and just just be themselves, like just play like that from the puck drop. The Leafs had the puck and were just going. Ottawa had more shots, but Ottawa wasn't yeah, threatening no. with their shots. Like the Leafs, just they looked like they were on the hunt. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, no. Many so I mean, what a roller coaster it was for for, for the Leafs and <laughs> to be a fan this week. You have started off with the the six goal collapse, the six five loss, um, five unanswered straight, um, and then on Wednesday, I think what we saw on Wednesday, <laughs> um, in relation to Corey's opinion about how they just won the game, I think we saw a tentative Leafs team who didn't want to make too many mistakes and lose to a team they really have no business losing to when you look at the standings and you look at the teams on paper and just head-to-head talent-wise. So a little bit tentativity probably changed their game a little bit, the way they played. They weren't as aggressive as they may have normally been. Then they got the win, and it's like, okay, like yeah, this is what the result should have actually been. And then last night we just saw um, – Basically, all hell broke loose for them. The the floodgates opened. Um, started off early, got got good momentum early, and um, they didn't look back. And towards starting in the third period, like Corey mentioned, like you're looking at the scoreboard and you're like, uh, the game's not over yet, even though it should be. <laughs> and um, it was a good <laughs> sign. Ottawa scored. That that was that was a little got me a little bit uh, shaky. Or uneasy, and then it was a great sign when the Leafs answered less than I think it was three minutes later. So I'm like, okay, this is definitely going to be a different result than um, Monday's game, 
And then obviously we know how it ended. And I am really yeah. glad JT and Willie got on the score sheet. Uh, they've been struggling to find the score sheet as or the back of the net as of late. And uh, it was good to see both of them get a goal. And especially after that insane article by Steve Simmons calling Willie. And- yeah. I mean, I'll definitely have to, yeah, speak on it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off because I was gonna say I haven't, uh, I haven't heard or seen. Yeah, no, you basically called him really an IKEA piece of furniture. Yeah, it was, it was, it was honestly utterly ridiculous. And as a as a professional wow. writer, I don't know how you can even write something like that. And this is this is the team who he covers, and yeah. this is the same guy. Who who um yeah. outed uh, Matthews for having uh, the positive test? So like he is test, right? he's Season. known to cross that line, and I'm pretty sure like the Leafs players are not fans of him. Like Matthews went at him earlier in the season, and he called him out on it. He said, "Why would you even report that? That's none of your business, and that's very unprofessional." And then so his exact quote mm-hmm. is: "William yeah. Nylander is like yeah. buying." Furniture from IKEA with the instructions some with the instructions somehow missing from the package. You just just absurd. Wow. And this is a player who wow. he's producing. He may be he may be on like a lull, mm-hmm. but if you look at his overall season stats, he's producing. Yeah. So there's no like the Toronto media mm-hmm. always needs some someone to pick on, something to say is going wrong. Even when you look at the Leafs season, there's literally little to nothing going wrong. But they find a way to pick on poor William Nylander, who's just yeah, no, he's just trying to do his job. It's it's it's, it's disgraceful. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. Uh, looking at his stats, looking at his stats, um, William Nylander has five goals, nine assists, fourteen points in eighteen games played. He is a plus one, so. If you're calling him an IKEA piece of furniture, I'm glad that he didn't come with the instructions because I don't think he needs them. He's his motor works. He knows what he's doing. He could score goals. He can get assists. He he's defensive. He can play the 200 foot game that we need. Uh, and he's great on the power play, in my opinion. I think he adds an, another threat for the defense to worry about while Matthews gets open and whoever's on his unit. Uh, so yeah, Steve Simmons just doesn't know what he's talking about. I think he'd be the uh, IKEA piece of furniture in this situation. But speaking of a point streak, during the three games versus uh, during Ottawa, sorry, Matthews had eight points, eight points in three games. Uh, That's, yeah. And I mean, I was going to say, like, his career stats against Ottawa are probably through the roof. Any other NHL team. uh, I mean, there's always that one team. Yeah. I mean, there's always that one team that you just love scoring against. McDavid loves scoring against Toronto. Matthews loves scoring against Ottawa. So, um, do you guys think he can go for 50 goals this season? He was on pace for it last year, uh, and then we got the shortened season with everything going on. Um, this year, I think, again, he's on pace to to get that, that notch. So, does he do it? Do you guys think he can get to the 50 goals? Well, how many times do we play Ottawa? <laughs> yeah. Again? Uh because we played Let's them what see. four times so far, and we played them like a total of ten. Yeah. So six more games. We we'll play them ten times. Six more games. The next time we play them is March fourteenth, and then the twenty fifth. Okay. And then 
April 10th. That's it for April. And then we probably play them uh, once in May. Then we play them May 5th. Yeah, and then that's it. No games in June. Yeah, that's playoffs. So. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna say yeah. I think it's there's no defense really in the North Division. No. Um, it's more just high flying mm. offense. So I don't see what's gonna stop him unless he runs into some hot goalies or he just gets into a slump. Like he gets into a slouch and just can't shake it. But he's playing with Marner. Marner is just yeah. producing everything for him. He's somehow finding a way to get the puck to him every yeah, time. Marner's so playing out of his space. mind right now. <laughs> yeah. I think people just forget that Marner's a really good player. I just think people are always like, oh, well, you know, he's just Mitch Marner. That's all. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just a name to people. They forget the player, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he's an amazing oh, I, I love player. Marner. Watching him, uh, watching him when he has so, the puck, he just somehow finds yeah. himself in open ice. It's like, how did you do that? <laughs> that goal that he scored. Oh, shaking bait. The magic hands on him. He even got uh, he even mitts. got Tavares back. Yeah, on the score sheet. <laughs> I know, I know. Shake and bake, Ricky Bobby from uh, Marner over there. So to round up our schedule for the rest of the month, we play Montreal Saturday, Calgary twice next week on the Monday and Wednesday. And then Edmonton on the Saturday, so Matthews could get a couple more goals. I think maybe our only our only struggle would be Carey Price this Saturday. I don't see any of these other goalies stopping Matthews' shot. Um, so yeah, I, honestly, I think we, we can get fifty goals from him, and that'd be a sight to see for sure. Um, and their power play unit, I think they have one of the best power plays in the league. But uh, we only went three for eight. I don't know if that. I mean, me, I think. That's pretty good. It's almost fifty percent. But I think, I think we could do better. But maybe we're missing some key pieces with Simmons out and uh, not being able to get some more net presence. What do you guys think? Um, uh, I'll, I'll go here. So for me, I've noticed the team has played different since Simmons has been out. Um, they're not like the other night mm-hmm. when uh, Montreal out hit them. What was it like forty to twenty or something, or forty to to like fifteen in hits? It was something ridiculous. Um, and and that, I think, yeah. comes with just not having that presence to kind of to maybe push them or make them feel secure or something. And they're just not being as aggressive, in a sense, um, in, in the physical play. Yeah. Wow. Rather than, like, like they're they're aggressive in, in getting yeah, the puck and, and shooting and stuff, but not so much on the physical side. I think that's where Simmons comes in and kind of helps, gives yeah. them more confidence to play that way. Yeah, um, I'll chime. I'll chime in no, here. I agree. Um, I was. I, was gonna I say totally it. agree with what you said there, Corey. Okay. And also, there's been points where I thought since Simmons has been out of the lineup, where there's been a couple like Kachuk, as an example against Ottawa, like mm-hmm. when Mazen had to take him on. Like if Simmons was on the ice or in the lineup, there would have been an answer for that, right? And I mean, you brought up the hits the other night. Just, just little things like that that make a difference over the course of a game. And like another team, just looking at the lineup with Simmons in the lineup versus out of the lineup, you could play them like you could play the Maple Leafs two very different ways, right? Because you know, with him out of the lineup, the more you crash and bang against them, you may be able to make them like disappear a little bit, take them out of the game a little bit. But when Simmons is in the lineup, you know that. You're, at least your your fighters got to know that he's got to answer the bell if you guys play this way. And the Leafs, knowing that they have someone to protect their back, to watch their back, 
definitely it boosts their confidence. And it also, when he gets in a fight and, you know, he wins most of the time, it gives them, it gives them a good boost on the bench and re-energizes them, right? Yeah, gives them a whole fresh line, just like in the NHL. But, yeah, speaking on the hits, <laughs> um, Corey mentioned, yeah, 46 for that uh, February 13th game on against the Canadians. 46, hit, 46 hits for the Canadians, sorry, 16 God. for the Leafs. So very much, yeah, very much so. And I could, I could probably tell you that that's not the only game that we, uh, we definitely got out hit from. From when in, Simmons got injured, I could tell you we've probably been out hit way more than we've hit them. Uh, so that's a good point. Moving on to our next NHL topic, um, the, the Hutchie win from, from last night. Hutchison just sits on the bench, looks pretty, opens the door. <laughs> Uh, and he got a win. He got a win. So that's pretty cool. I just wanted to um, shout him out. You know, he's our backup goalie. Well, Jack Campbell. Yeah. Well, you guys I'm have anything to say him. about Hutchie? <laughs> like, it's been rough for him in Toronto. Very, very happy. rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Manel, what do you want to um, say? I was just going to say, like, honestly, uh, it's, just... it's like just good for him. Like, we all know what he went through last season. Um, we shipped him off at the deadline. He just couldn't get a win for us. Like, I don't think the Leafs had a win from a backup goaltender until about uh, three-quarters of the way through the season last year. And now we're 3-0-0 while starting backup goaltenders. Yeah. And I know Hutch had – he didn't have, like, the easiest game last night. Like, they still peppered him with quite a few shots. Like, they were over 35. So, you know, he still – he still was, he was pretty busy in the crease. And um, he held it down when he had to. I mean, I would have liked to see him have stopped that Stutzel shot. That's a little bit of a sharp angle. But, um, I mean, Stutzel's a good player, and good players are going to find those holes. So. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, Matthews is on a 16-game streak. Uh, Guys, we're, we're witnessing greatness there, eh? Uh, I hope I hope to talk about. I hope everybody who's a Leafs and fan with him. is taking a moment to take a step back and really appreciate what we're seeing. Like this is uh he's a future Hall of Famer obviously, but for someone to be on a 16 game point streak, he has 16 goals. So, you could basically put that a goal a game. I know he doesn't score every single game, but mm-hmm. he basically does. And he's, his shot percentage is 22.5. Yeah. Like that's that's crazy. God. And 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 his faceoff percentage is over fifty. So it's not like he's not winning the draws. Uh, it's like it's not like he's losing draws and then having a turnover and then scoring. Like he's winning. He's, he's becoming a complete player. He's like you, like you said with the draws, he also plays a two hundred foot game. He's responsible defensively. Like you know, when he's out there, you're not worried. Yeah. Like every time I'm watching, every time I'm watching, he's always down. He's always supporting his defenseman. No. He's always in and around the puck. He's in those battles, and oftentimes he comes out with the puck in those battles, and which helps for easy, easy zone exit and then easy zone entry and creates offensive say... time for them. Right, and that's where they want to play. Yeah, I was gonna say I I can say. In the early years of his career, uh, obviously he's he was taken for caution, so the defensive game was not there. But his offense has always been there, and it's good to see that he's learning that you know defense is also a part of the offense in some cases where he's got to get down deep to help out the defense or you know cover their backs when they're behind the net and cover the slot when there's a player there. So um, 
I think right now he's flourishing into like going to be a generational player. So it's it's going to be fun to watch the NHL for the next couple of years, uh, especially with Connor McDavid on a tear. He has a thousand points. Five hundred. Five hundred. I think it's like three hundred and five 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 hundred. Oh, sorry, sorry, five hundred points. Sorry, five hundred points in three hundred sixty nine games. Same yeah. as Crosby. So, yeah, yeah. That's appreciate it. Don't hate on it. I hate when people Uh, hate on greatness. Like, they're good. Nah, man. Nah, I don't like you because you're good, man. Something I'll never understand. (laughs) Something I will never ever understand. Well, that's it. Just what it. (laughs) They're just jealous, bro. That's all. It's just what happens. It's just, yeah. I mean, there's nothing more you can do. You could you could tell them to not. They're gonna find new ways to do it. Uh. 100%. Uh, to anybody who is listening from Dallas, uh, prayers to you guys. I know you guys are having a crazy time with the winter storm and things are not going good. And now sports are getting canceled, so there's nothing really. We got no electricity, Matt. They couldn't it. even watch sports. Uh, I'm sure you guys will get through it. They can't even, like, they're trying to keep their house warm, yeah. too. Like, See? Um, See? My heart's with them. Uh, anybody God. in Texas right now, uh, I'm praying yeah. for you guys. Hopefully, we're all praying for you. Hopefully, um, you know, things can kind of get back to, to safe standards there. Uh, hopefully your power comes back on, your your water pipes um, defreeze. Because um, I heard, like, like houses are being destroyed because water pipes are bursting. And, like, one oh, yeah. family, they're, they're, they couldn't use their sink. They yeah, couldn't use yeah. their tap because it was frozen. Um, like, that's, that's just froze. crazy yeah, to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in a way, it's like welcome to what Canadians deal with. But then another way, it's like they, was, they I was literally about. It's not to a full that. welcome because terrible. they're not equipped to deal with it. That's the thing. We're we're used to it, so we exactly, have the technology yeah. to deal yeah. with it. Like so we just like, got, pro- we've probably good. got like I don't know, twenty <laughs> yeah. centimeters of snow in the last three days, and like you know, yeah, it's been snowing. Yeah. My God, it's tough. It was tough to drive the other day. I was, do I? Oh my God, completely unrelated, but funny. I was coming home the other day, taking the side street, and I, I, I have my winter tires on, so no one can say anything. But I'm making a turn. I'm going super slow, and all of a sudden, my car just skids out of control. It does a Fast and the Furious drift, almost smashes into this Bentley. I'm sitting there. I slam on the brakes. I'm like, what the f is going on? I'm like, these are fresh winter tires. Nah, like, the snow is truly unforgiving. Like, this is insane. This is impossible. And all... Yeah. yeah. Bro, bro. I'm driving on main roads, and I have people looking at me like, this guy can't drive. Bro. This guy can't drive. <laughs> I'm making turns, and my car is skidding out of control. I think I think, I think, think Mr. Loop sold me fake winter tires. Refund. Oh, refund. <laughs> I'm coming out and saying it. <laughs> I think the Mr. Uh, actually, you know what's fun. crazy too? Yeah. Speaking of the 100%. power outages and stuff, last night actually during the Leaf game, um, half of my house ended up going out of power because it was snowing and it was windy last night, and it ended up that I guess the the combination of the snow mm-hmm. piling up on the wire and the wind, um, it ended up disconnecting the wire that connects from like the the power lines to the house. And ended up ripping that that um, that uh, yeah. wire. So I lo- we looked it up. Like a, we still had internet, thank God, because that that part of the house wasn't affected. So I go on the the website and I look <laughs> up Toronto Hydro and the whole power outage map for all of the city of Toronto. 
and the only dot that is there it, it's the little green dot right over my neighborhood and it says one to 50 customers affected turns out we were the only people because <laughs> it was just a walker to our house that was affected so, so you were literally an hour like we found you were the one within half like 45 minutes they came fixed gave us a new wire and we're on their way we're like wow what are the odds the only people in the entire city that had lost power and it was only half our house too it wasn't even the full we were like oh thank god man that's interesting yeah it was crazy it was i was like what are the odds of this happening I know it. The like Mendo said, the snow is very, very unforgiving. I can't tell you how many times I've seen uh, since snowfall, like oh, tow truck sure. drivers picking people up. Or uh, I, I was, I was, it was late last night, or like the other day, it was late in the night, <laughs> and uh, this guy drove. Nice. I, I didn't see is it. He okay though. But, <laughs> yo, I didn't. I didn't. He was fine. I didn't see it. But I'm coming, and I just noticed that this guy's walking, pacing up and down the road on the sidewalk, on the phone, and his car is just, like, in the snow. Oh, my like, goodness. Completely oh, in the snow. Guy. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. Some crazy. But, but hold on, but hold on. Moving on. Just to rephrase, just to, to restate mother. our oh, hearts oh, oh. and our prayers and our thoughts are with everyone in Texas. I hope everything's okay. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, thank you. All right. Um, so wraps have been pretty good um, in the last couple games. We played Milwaukee back-to-back, if I'm not mistaken. Or, I mean, there were back-to-back games, maybe not back-to-back nights. Uh, last night, we held them to a season-low 96 points. We won 110-96. to 96. Uh, Looking at the box score here, Norman Powell was our leading scorer, if I'm not mistaken, yet. 29 points, uh, four rebounds, three assists, two steals, 75% from the field, 57% from the three-point line. Uh, so he, he's been on a stretch lately. He's been trying to prove that he is still our worthy sixth man of the year. Um, he still wants to show that he can be a valuable asset on a team. So if you were to trade, because there's obviously trade talks going on, with Cleveland apparently for Andre Drummond. Uh, if he gets bought out, who knows? Maybe he'll come here. But on that note, if you were to make a trade package for a key piece, uh, kind of like what Masai did for Kawhi, if you were to make a strong trade package to get a, a, an all-star caliber player, who would you put in that oh, I don't. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to put anybody. I kind of like how this team's playing. Like, Look at these past few games without Lowry. The team's been performing. And and yeah, they're playing the Bucks who, yeah. who are now on a five game mm-hmm. losing streak. They haven't been playing the Bucks haven't been playing their best basketball. But the Raptors have really, you know, kind of answered the call. OG's yeah. come back. Norman's step up. Freddie's Freddie just just balling out of his mind. Like I watched the end of last night's game, Thursday night's game. Yeah. Uh because it was on after the, the Leaf game. And um, I was watching that, that fourth quarter, and Freddie just – he was hitting every shot. Milwaukee, it seemed like they couldn't get a bucket uh, for a while, for a long stretch. They just couldn't buy a bucket. And then OG was just – oh, there was one pass. It's just – it was so nice. Man, cuts in. 
to to literally the key. Like he's right in front of the basket, and two um, Milwaukee players jump on him. He puts it around both, like literally puts the ball behind him, around both players, and right to um, Bembry to just grab it and dunk it, and it's. OG, yeah, oh my. this is this is what we were missing by OG. Like, no, that wasn't even our top unit because Bembry's out there, and like that's yeah. how he's playing down the stretch of the game. He's just feeding feeding these bench mm-hmm. players to get them in, and like the whole team is just moving the ball so well. Like it was it was awesome to see because it, it felt like the raps of old, you know, the raps of no, 2019 100%. just without the star players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's been a good couple of games. I think we're finally finding our groove. Uh, I think even without Lowry on the court, he's still he's, he's uh, an assistant coach at this point, bench, uh, helping the guys. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know, he's just doing what he does best, and that's helping the team. Uh, I want to give a quick little stat on Malachi Flynn. He didn't get any points last night in four minutes in 39 seconds of play, but uh, a little thing happened regarding that so he played 33 minutes for the Raptors 905 in the G League bubble that afternoon so that same afternoon he played he put up you know whatever point stat line I'm I'm gonna go look at it after but basically he hopped on a private plane avoided quarantine and basically arrived at the Milwaukee Bucks arena to play for the Raptors so he got he got called up mid-game uh basically got to go play with the big Raptors so Hopefully, but how is that safe though? Yeah, so I guess he's leaving a bubble, but like he also has to get on the plane uh, and there's contact issues. He's leaving a bubble and going, I I guess, I guess, I guess it's it's as safe as it can be. It's just interesting. I'm assuming they gave him the on 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 site PCR (laughs) test. True, and they're probably already doing that daily in the in the daily bubble because, to your point, it would have to meet NBA protocol. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it it, it makes sense. It's with, just it uh, sounds weird. <laughs> like when you doing. say like yeah, like, he left this like to go sense, here. Yeah. It's like but he's not not doing anything. Like it makes sense though because he's already in a quarantine bubble. Then he's leaving to go he, to basically a second quarantine bubble yeah, that's just yeah. kind of a traveling bubble that are the NBA games. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's a home market bubble each game basically. Yeah. Uh, that's a crazy game, though. Imagine going from playing that line. You're that. playing one game, and it's like, yeah, now we need you to play another game. Oh shit! All right, I mean, yeah, go. that's back to that's back to like uh, that's teenage what, days. I mean, that's like what, a that's tournament. A, that's back to the roots. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Uh, yeah. So it was Thursday. That was yesterday's game. Let me see this game info here. Okay. Well, by the way, uh, I'll just read some of our players from the G League team. That way we can cover. Yeah. So we got Nick Stauskas, if you guys remember him, Canadian boy. Uh, he's playing on the G League team. Elise Johnson, Henry Ellenson, uh, Malachi Flynn, Jalen Harris. Those are our two picks from this year. Brian Tyree, Gary Payton II, Matt Mooney, Dewan Hernandez was our pick from a year or two ago. Trez Tinkle. Matt Morgan, Kavon Harris, and Utah Watanabe. Uh, he's only there on a conditional stint, I believe, because he's injured. So here we go. Malachi Flynn. He was 5 for 16 
four for nine from the three, one for one from the free throw. Uh, he had 16 points, four personal fouls, five assists, four rebounds. So he had a big game G League wise. Couldn't produce uh, NBA stats, but I'm sure in the coming games, if he stays up with us, he will be uh, he'll be getting into his groove sooner yeah. rather than later. Uh, yeah, can I can I Draymond lead off on Green. that, Matt? I'm gonna talk about Draymond Green first. Yeah, so uh, uh, Draymond came out earlier this week in yeah, a press conference, it, yeah. just basically kind of shaming slash bashing the NBA's culture about how they treat their players when um, it comes to being traded or versus demanding a trade. Um, so basically, his comments were surrounding Andre Drummond for the most mm-hmm. part because. Uh, the Cavs have decided to sit Andre Drummond um, uh, pending they can find a trade for him. So that way he doesn't lose any of his trade value um, by getting injured or maybe playing bad so, uh, and that sort of stuff. And um, to them, when they do that, the players just got to sit down and deal with it. But then his point was when you look at someone like James Harden, who openly requested a trade, but his team, the owner, didn't want to trade him or the GM didn't want to trade him. And James Harden basically dogged it his last few days in uh, Houston, which was no secret. Green even said that. But um, people were calling um, Harden the cancer, the uh, toxic one. But really all he wanted to do was just get a fresh start. So when an NBA player wants a fresh start, they're cancer, they're toxic. But when a team wants to get rid of a player – that player just or that player has to just sit back, keep quiet, and deal with what they do with him. So it's like it's kind of a double standard, and um, it's not really fair how the NBA media. It's more the media that scrutinizes them for it. I mean, the GMs are just the ones who who um, make the decisions, but the way the NBA media scrutinizes the the players does not help at all. Facts. Um, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. No, no, it's uh, no, Corey, go for it. You okay? I was just, I was gonna say, no, uh, it's, it's copyright. Well, I was gonna ask, could we uh, are we allowed to play the clip or is there some yeah. sort of uh, cop copyright sort of stuff? Okay, uh, just so that there's more context to it, but yeah, if you guys want to listen to the clip, you can search it up. Uh, but yeah, after hearing it, I, I agree. I think uh, it's it the media scrutinizes the players for wanting to do stuff like that, and they just don't care. There's no like real respect for the players' privacy. Sometimes the Demarcus Cousin things I'm going to mention, uh, excuse me, happened at an All Star game. Finished the All Star game, gets told right after from the media, not by his agent who couldn't give him the chance to because he's not on the court, not by any team officiate uh, official. You know, because again, they're not on the court, but from the media, uh, they break the news that he gets traded, and like that's just so disrespectful uh, to the player because they they should be told from their boss at that point. Like you don't want to hear from a coworker, hey, you just got traded or you got fired. So uh, yeah, deal with it. You got to get your bags and head out. You want to hear it from the but person. It's not even like a coworker at that point. You. And I just think that goes to show, like it's it's like the way the players because like media is like different. It's like hearing it from I, a stranger I guess, you know, just it's, going. It's, Hey, yeah, you're fired. It's like, what, how do you know? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, just uh, it's, it's unprofessional 
I think it's like just a complete mockery of just some sort of professionalism between like organ uh organizations and players like you're paying the millions of dollars and then you're just pretty much toying with their lives like Jabari Parker uh if you guys remember that name he was a really big draft prospect that the Milwaukee Bucks drafted uh one year he got an injury and all of a sudden now he just you know it I don't think it was a career ending injury but nobody wants to take the chance on on him to to play and, and he just has to sit there he doesn't get dressed he stays in his street clothes on the bench. He doesn't get brought into no huddles, practice. He doesn't get, you know, some one-on-one action in practice. He's kind of just paid to be there. And I was looking at this clip. He was basically at the end of the game. He was just taking shots in his street clothes, just trying to stay in game shape, basically, uh, without them knowing. It's like they have him under this rock where they just they don't want to play. It's like Roby Dot Island. Think of it that way. They just put a bunch of players on, like, the LTIR, and they just don't care about them. They're just using them for cap space. And it just kind of sucks. Like, they should they should let these kind of players play. And uh, they're there for a reason. They made it. So, it, it, it's just a whole different thing um, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but, yeah, the Draymond Green comment. You um, can find that on YouTube, Instagram. Can I, can I just add Twitter, one, one thing? Because uh, I've I'm I'm, I'm just been sitting here thinking, like, the past few days – um, yeah. and I'm just, I'm going to kind of try and play devil's advocate in a sense. Cause I, I agree with what Draymond's saying. He's right. It is, you know, kind of messed up, but is it, could it be like the players are an individual? So it's easier to put blame against an individual rather than like almost like a scapegoat thing. Like why are things going wrong? Instead of blaming the people who are actually in charge of why things are going wrong. Cause they made bad decisions, right? Fans. And, and then that dictates kind of the media because the fans want to be able to point a finger at somebody and go, well, this guy wants out, then he's the bad guy. He's not trying to help us fix it. Meanwhile, it's the people in charge, like the president and GM and, you know, the coach who should all be to blame because things haven't been going well. Right. Yeah. Like, like I agree, but I think that goes for different, organizations like on one point you have uh let's say uh-huh. let's say milwaukee right or you know what screw it we'll just use we'll just use the cavaliers because they're the topic of the subject of the topic so the cavaliers they're telling they're telling this guy you know you can't play we're going to buy you out or we're going to trade you so we want to keep your value but i'm not saying in that sense it, like it, i'm not saying just, in that sense i'm saying like in the just, sense where like Harden, because... he wanted out of houston because things just weren't working in houston Right, like he wanted out and get a fresh start. Yeah, people vilified him, right, because you know mm-hmm. he was doing what he could to get traded, which I don't blame him for that, you know. Um, but people vilified him yeah. because they saw him as mm-hmm. the the immediate problem, not so much as the like, and they needed a scapegoat to kind of put their anger rather than looking at the franchise and going, the franchise is the problem, and the people in charge of the franchise are the problem. Because there's no vision, there's nothing going on here. You know no, what I Corey, mean? So it's, Corey, it's I, almost okay. like there's a the players are the scapegoat, is what I'm Corey, saying. Corey, I agree yeah. with you there because I mean, if you <laughs> want to keep talking about Houston, you can even talk about how they yeah. got rid of Westbrook early, right? Because like they they were basically like, okay, they brought in Westbrook. We're like, yeah. okay, it didn't work. Well, it must and, be Westbrook's yeah. fault. So we'll see you later. Yeah. 
I think I okay, yeah, I think so. We're all agreeing on the same point because I'm going to mention that like sometimes it's not the players' fault because I'm going to bring up the Knicks. Everyone hates the Knicks, but I think what we're forgetting is that everyone yeah. hates the Knicks for their management stuff, like their organiz from an organizational standpoint. Like everybody hates the CEO, the owners, the worst. They hate the president of operate, they hate the general manager, they hate the owner. Yeah. They don't mind. They they like the players on their roster, so that's what's keeping them interested. So I think like it's it goes for what kind of fan base you have for your organization. Houston, yeah, they're gonna point fingers at the players because they're they had James Harden for so long they couldn't get anywhere. They had so many pieces. Yep. James Harden with Clint Capella. I think they had Chris Paul there too. Didn't work. Russell Westbrook didn't work. They had so many caliber pieces that were supposed to bring them a chip. Couldn't do it. Couldn't get by the Warriors. Injuries, this, that. So they got to blame the players, even though it's the organization's fault for not getting the right players or not pairing up the right people. Uh, you know. So yeah, I think it's just uh, a lack of disrespect, and they don't uh, they don't really care about their players. Two, we also have to think of it. It's, think it's, it's like the whole the whole thing with the dr- the Drummond um, thing is like that's an asset, right? Like it's a business side. For as much as we care about the hum- humanity side, like people are people. It's a business. But at the end of the day, it's also business. You're paying these players, what they're getting like thirty million dollars. Like they're getting money, tens of millions. Right? They're getting their money more than we'll probably ever see in our lifetimes, right? Mm-hmm. And they're they're getting that money, and then you you have them, and they're not performing yeah. for you. So you're going, okay, I need to trade this asset, right? But you don't want that asset to get injured because if they get injured, nobody wants it. But, right, so then you're just wasting your money. Yeah, but he, it's not like. Yeah, that's, it's not where, like he's not that's where it gets weird. He's performing. Like, I can understand like, it from well, a business standpoint. We don't want like, to. Okay, I need so. to protect this asset. I'm going to sit him. I'm like, not, you know, I don't mind. That's, 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 that's just yeah. simply it, right? I like, I get it. Like, that he's performing. You business. can't argue like, that. But to Corey's point, like, you got to protect the asset. Otherwise, he loses value. And then. Because a player like Andre Drummond could potentially bring back three or four pieces that could overall help your your future. So from from, from that step, see Ben Mandela now doing the counter argument yeah. there. Right, it's like well, you can also because he's producing, you can have him keep playing, and then you're just riding like you're going, you're hoping, you know, fingers crossed, he doesn't get injured because if he can keep playing, getting more points, his value goes up. And then you can even I don't think, more than just. I don't years. think there's any question in his value. Like, exactly. I don't think it can go any higher than already, like really already what it is. Like he's like he's he's a top three center in the league, if not number one. Um, he, he, what? I mm, who's better? I'd say like within the top ten. Yeah. That's yeah. just third. Yeah. There's. Who's better? Centers? <laughs> He's pulling up okay. the stats. Okay. Hold Here on. we go. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. The only, the only person who I can the only people who I can think of who are you guys keep, you, in his you, category. You Rudy Hold, Gobert. On. Hold on. Let me figure this out. Um Davis? Or- yeah, Anthony Davis, of course. But half the time he doesn't play center, he plays his power forward. True. But like, there, like no way to look at NBA stats. Like, what, what <laughs> this is, this is, no, it's a, website don't, is. Don't this? worry about it. We gotta move. We gotta move on to the next topic, anyways. There we go. Players. But, kind of. Um. There we go. No, he's. 
Like he's he's an all star. Andre Drummond's an all star, right? Filter by country. Sure. So like it's pretty, and you don't. No, he is hundred percent. I I I'm gonna. I'm going to save this for next episode. I'm sorry. I said, I'm so sorry to keep you off. I'm going to save this for next episode. I'm going to come back at you, uh, and I'm going to give you my list of 10 centers that are, you know, nine centers that are better than Andre Drummond, and Drummond, if not, being the 10th one or not. I will come back to that. But we're going to move on to our next thing. Do you want to uh, to mention this? Because I know this is a topic that you want yeah, to talk, so, talk about. Um, yeah, so Masai Ujiri was cleared uh, on all charges corner. that were tried to be laid against him by the Oakland uh, Police Department. For the um, for the incident that happened with the police officer during the 2019 Game Six Finals, when the Raptors won, and he tried to he tried to uh, walk onto the court, the officer got in front of him and pushed him, and then Masai pushed him back, and then it turned into a whole fiasco. The officer tried to say Masai assaulted him, um, this, that, the other, uh, but. Um, it didn't work out for him. Uh, MLSD supported him with their legal team, plus Masai's legal team, and now the case has been dismissed, and he's been vindicated for it. And um, so that's good. But uh, Adam Silver came out and said that um, he's glad that Masai got um, – he beat the whatever the charges. And uh, he said, as a leader, those are situations you must learn to avoid. And, like – for him to say that, it's very like read the room, like very very unaware with everything that's especially going on around it. And as someone who stepped in front of the Black Lives Matter movement and put that all over your company, and you know you you were parading it around, and this is one of your executives, let alone one of your few black executives. And this is the response and support you give him. You tell him he needs to learn to avoid situations like that when he didn't even do anything wrong. I could have probably pointed out five, ten other people who were walking on the court at the same time as him who didn't get stopped. It's, it's just, it's honestly pathetic. And um, yeah, Adam Silver's got to watch his words from now on. He's walking, like, players might not say anything, because he's a commissioner, and that's probably not a pot they want to stir up. But they're gonna be they're gonna be watching him closely, and I wouldn't be surprised if something else like this happens again. Mm-hmm. Then we start to hear someone speak out and say something about it. Corey, yeah, no, you nailed that. You nailed that, Mendo. Um, like because that's just the hearing yeah. it. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see, like you know, in a sense, going back to like the business argument, I can kind of see him just you know trying to be like a neutral party in a sense because he doesn't want to piss off um, too many people. Um, and cause he still at the end of the day wants to make money, right? doesn't matter what the fans beliefs are. He still wants to make money. Uh, right. And that's, that's the thing where it's like, it's contradictory to what he's done in the past. Cause he's been, you know, he's actually been a really good commissioner. I feel for basketball. I feel like he's been one of the, the better commissioners of my age. Um, well, yeah, before him was Stern and Stern was good too, but uh, Stern was great, but yeah. Um, like currently he's probably the best commissioner I would say. Um, and like, it just, it hurts. Cause it's like, he's done so many things for Black Lives Matter, for the players, for the league, for communities, 
uh, for, you know, minority communities. And you see that in terms of just the demographic of people who watch um, basketball, right? It's younger, often, uh, you know, colored people. And that's like, that shows, yeah. right? And that's because he's put the foundation there and he's given to those communities. And then to see him make this comment, it's like, hold up, what? And, and, and it, maybe it's nothing, you know, and we hope it's nothing. But like Mandela said, you know, you got to now watch what he says because if he says something else and that's going to just spiral and then there's, if there's another thing and another thing and then it's just going to start, you know, it could be something big, um, but I think we just got to, like Mandela said, keep our eye on it, sit back, watch, listen. Um, hopefully this is just a one-off incident and, and you know, nothing comes about it. Um, but yeah, not the greatest image uh, for him, but I feel like it can, you know, if this can be swept under the rug and we can move on uh, and we can forgive him if nothing else comes out in the future. And if it does, this is just fuel to the fire. <laughs> no. Walking on eggshells is exactly how I would describe the situation with uh, Mr. Adam Silver. And uh, I mean, I agree. He's been, he's been one of the best commissioners, if not the best uh, for the last little while uh, before David Stern. I mean, I mean, David Stern was the best one. And then, Obviously, he retired he passed, and he passing earlier uh, last year, I think. So, yeah. yeah. I, I think it was last year or the year before because they added yep. the, the patch to their jersey. Yeah, he passed away January 1st. Black Stripe. That was, that was for David Stern. Oh, I don't so, remember that at all. They still... Man, 2020 was... Yeah. 2020 was a year, man. <laughs> yeah, 2020, was, the was, year to forget. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, David Stern kicked us kicked us off. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, David Stern kicked off. And then World War Three almost happened. And we had coronavirus. Then we had yeah. That's we had uh definitely had, not not a time not what a time to be alive. Yeah, yeah I'm opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Life. Brought to you by things. 2020. So, <laughs> uh, let's talk about. Yes, two more things. I'm going to mention a side thing, uh, just because I found it really cool and I just seen it. Um, so we're going to talk about the Utah Jazz because that equals uh, the when you hear NBA, you think Utah Jazz, and if you don't, then you just you're not watching basketball enough because these guys have been on a tear. Uh, if you want to go look at their past games, you will not find an L. And if you do, there will only be one. So I think they're 24-5 and five in the league. They're first in the league, first in the Western Conference. They have an 82% win rate, uh, sixth in points per game, 21st in assists per game, first in rebounds per game. Uh, so they're getting boards and they're getting points. What do you guys – think what is this going to say are they a contender for the for the chip this season should we stop overlooking Utah um, as that team or Corey, you can go what's ahead. going on what do we do okay can we stop say this. they're not they're not a contender i'll say that right now because i know i i've seen the nba and i know how it works and huh? the team can be great in the regular season but then when it comes to playoffs they don't have the one piece that can carry them 
They don't have the LeBron. They don't have the Kawhi. They don't have the Harden. They don't have the Curry or the Durant. Like they, they don't have that star player. And for as much as I would love to see Utah be a contender, make it to the final and see them do well, because I've liked their team for the past few years. I just don't see it happening because in NBA, it's not so much for as much as it is a team sport. It's a star sport. Like you need to have a guy. You need to have a star to win. Like look at the Raptors. I was Raptors. The Raptors. Let let him finish. Let him finish. And I was about to touch on those two. Who is Rudy Gobert? The Raptors were good, and then we they got Kawhi and they won. Right, that's just the talent level, and like Kawhi carry a team. LeBron mm-hmm. goes to Cleveland, is able to carry a team. Right, the year that Cleveland won with LeBron, they had no business winning. That was the that was the Golden State seventy two wins, wasn't it? Yes. Right, like they had no business winning that thing, but LeBron put him on his back and won it. Right. Yeah. Like in the NBA, you need a star to win. That's just my opinion coming out from, yeah. you know, someone who's gone into basketball more recently. But that's that's the way I see it. Yeah. So I don't think Utah has that car yet. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, to Corey, to your point, though, I think Matt was going to bring it. He brought up the two names, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Um, they're good. They're, they're definitely um, they're stars. But I don't think they're there just yet. They can maybe go second round. Maybe like they'd be lucky to get to the third round. Like if anything, it would be like what happened with Denver last season. Like no one expected Denver to go all the way to the conference finals, right? They came back two from two three from down three one twice to make mm-hmm. it like that was that was a Cinderella story. It's like Donovan Mitchell is good. He's averaging like over thirty points per game. Rudy Gobert is averaging over ten rebounds a game. Um. They can they'll lead them to a lot of regular season success, but then also like in the playoffs. Remember, experience comes in, um, and then the real then you start to see the real star power. And by by that I mean the type of calls your team gets. Like let's be honest, like the Raptors went to the playoffs so many times, and like for I want to say six mm-hmm. years straight. But whenever it would come up to playing against a team with like a bigger star than them, specifically LeBron. Raptors didn't get any calls. Like the officials put their whistles in their pockets, and then when we got when we got Kawhi, I'll be honest. Like we got Kawhi calls. Like yeah. like we got there was there was a little bit more respect put on Toronto's name by the NBA with having mm-hmm. a star player like that. And I don't think Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert are of that caliber of star yet, and they weren't even All Star starters. So, like, they'll probably be reserves. But, I mean, that just goes to show you what the NBA fans – because it was fan voting, right? That just goes to show you where they probably rank on the totem pole of uh, popularity with fans, even though they're both having career years. But they're definitely talented, and you cannot deny that. Yeah, no. Mitchell is averaging – Oh, it's 24, sorry. Yeah, no, agreed. Mitchell is averaging 24 points per game. Uh, okay. Yeah, just shy. And Rudy Gobert is averaging 13.5 rebounds per game. Also averaging two and a, two and a half blocks. But, yeah, no, I mean, 
they're they're good players. I think that they they can lead this team to the conference finals. It just might be really really tough, and that's that's the playoffs. Like, you're not going to get an easy matchup, and if you do, like, good job, like you got lucky. But you're never going to get an easy matchup in the playoffs, right? Like, it's it's a seven game series. You're you're gonna have to try and find the best of that team and overcome it. And I think they can they can do that. They they have the tools. I think they have the experience, the knowledge. Uh, I think I think with the way they're playing, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it to the conference finals. Who who they would be up against? I'm hoping it'd be like the Lakers or something. Uh, but I, I I think they can I think they can make a, a pretty penny run uh, with what they have. Uh, moving forward, I think they could definitely be a contender. I see them winning an NBA championship uh, in the next 10 years from 2020 to 2030. They have to win. Uh, I can see that. They have, they have too much riding I on can Donovan Mitchell and Gobert. And, and uh, those two players are going to have to lead them. They're going to have to lead them. And with, with their, with their crew, the core players that they have and the draft well, no, picks that they are going to want to go there. Right? I think they're going to have a reason, reason to gonna be uh, very tough to beat sooner or later. Or it becomes a little bit easier to build a supporting cast around them. I mean, they already have a good supporting cast. They will have a record, reason to, right? yeah. They will. So, but like, I mean, going going forward, if like, if you, if they do make a deep run into the playoffs mm-hmm. as well, it just makes your destination that more viable for like the higher level, higher end free agents. Yeah. Just the uh, starters. On, they only announced the starters. Uh, because that did get confirmed and announced as much as we didn't think so. Yeah, they just announced the starters um, and the format. So they're going to have the skills competition and the three-point contest pre-game. They're going to have the game at halftime. They're going to have the dunk contest. And they're going to keep the same format. Uh, that they did last year. So in honor of Kobe Bryant, uh, whichever team leads uh, after three quarters will have 24 points added to their total. And then that would be... Oh, they're doing it the same format as last year where it's a score that ends it, not... uh, Uh, There's some weird way of... That actually made it really fun. Uh, Because towards the end, the competitive side of the guys started coming out. Like at the beginning, they were like, you know, like having fun. Exactly. And then like towards like, like the fourth quarter, it's like, okay, they put it in gear. Mm-hmm. No, it was it was insane. So basically what I'm reading is the NBA will again honor the late Kobe Bryant at the All-Star game on March 7th with incorporating 24 points into the calculation of the final target score. So I'll have to look more into that on what uh, how that format's going to be. I can't remember how it was last year. I can't remember the specifics. Uh, but I'll go ahead and read your All-Star starters from the East and the West, and you let me know if you agree with them. So Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Giannis, uh, Kevin Durant, and Joel Embiid. Kevin Durant is the captain for the East All-Stars. And then you have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikolai Jokic for the West. And LeBron, of course, is your uh, captain. So did they nail it for the Starters, I'll start off. Think there was so for the West, um, really surprised Dame didn't get in. I know it says Doncic won the tiebreaker with him. Um, 
So, yeah. like, he was up yeah, there. But that's tough. I mean, like, Steph Curry and Doncic as guards, like, you can't really go wrong with those two. But, I mean, Dame is, like, like, Dame is just Dame. Yeah, like, there's, like, he deserves to be there. But, like, the NBA just has, maybe. Dame is Dame. Like, even, like, like, the West is just too good. <laughs> it is, yeah. It used to be the East, and now it's this the is West. Truth. I mean, wherever this LeBron goes, people have to stack up and match with him. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I think the only reason why Luca made it is because they no. need to hit. My friend said this. They need I, to hit I disagree the with quota. that. Uh, they need to. I disagree be able with to that. have uh, a European on each. T- yeah, bro. They need to have a European on each team to appear. Luca is good. I'm not gonna dis. I'm not gonna dis disrespect his game and the play style. He's he deserves to be a starter. I'm not gonna go here. Let that be shown. He's he's a great player. I'm just saying, for fans, for views, for that business side, they can't have it's the NBA that players. Dark right? Like okay, they, no, they no, no. I'm gonna say this. I get what you're saying, Mike. But I won. My guy, I, won. I know. I, I get it. I'm just saying they had for the. The All Star Game is the biggest is one of the biggest game of the year, and they need to be able to make their money back. So if that means that they have they to, already have Jukic, you know, to give a token player so that they can reach a European audience and get more. They views, didn't have to make it a starter though. All I'm saying is like, and now like, they have Doncic. So all I'm saying is, every, and they I have get Joel what you're Jukic, saying, and, have, and like maybe well, that's the case, reserve, but um, I. I I wholeheartedly disagree. Like it's the NBA, people know what the predominant makeup of the NBA is, and I get you're talking. I get you're talking about European viewers and whatnot. But I mean, I mentioned it. Yeah, and I mean, if you don't, you're I crazy. mentioned it before. And um, Giannis is the most valuable European player, and I mean, Jokic is Jokic is up there as well. I just I just can't buy into the whole idea yeah that um that that's the reason i'm sorry i, I mean i mean it, it may not be the official reason again this is just what my friend said i'm just repeating it uh it could be completely false but I, I i wouldn't see a little bit of that being true in a sense of just being able to reach uh a more of a demographic just for the all-star game especially with the way it's going to be held um so i uh, i don't know but I want to talk about the reserves, uh, who the potential reserves could be. Um, basically, the reserves that they have for the backcourt uh, for the East are James Harden, uh, Jalen Brown, Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, uh, Ben Simmons, Trey Young, uh, and that's it. And then they have Dame Lillard, uh, Chris Paul, Rudy Gobert, Donovan uh, Mitchell didn't make Paul it. George, Anthony Davis, Mike Conley, and Zion Williamson. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Uh, no, no, these are just potential. No, no, they're not confirmed. These are just what Bleacher Report. These are just what these are just what Bleacher Report. Okay. I would think Donovan has got to be, be, uh, be in there somewhere. The reserves for the for the All Stars. Yeah. Um, but I think that's going to wrap up our episode for this week. Uh, we really enjoy you guys tuning in and uh, following us on social. 
We appreciate all the support that yes, we've sir. been getting. Um, and we will be back next week with our first uh, guest. Um, so if you guys have if you guys have any questions that you would want us to ask the guest, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at unknownto. For, the, Send us for those of you wondering uh, what you who the guest is, and we will shout you the out guest with is, a question to the guest. On that note, yes, is uh, Ty Petru oh, of the please. Flint Fire Firebirds of the OHL. He was drafted in last year's draft class in the fourth round. And uh, we're going to have some good content to come with them. So like Matt said, if you got questions, fire them off to us. We'll probably do a little profile of him on our social beforehand. You can check that out to get an idea of who he is. And, um, yeah, we look forward to talking to you guys next week once again. Okay, perfect. All right. Thank you. Um, And tune in next week. We're going to end it right there.